Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. All right, today's a big old Monday, folks. Sheesh, week 17. How crazy with how crazy was that? No, folks, geez Louise. So today we're going to be breaking down all the matchups of week 17. Now the playoff picture is truly almost crystal clear, folks. Uh, you know, we entered yesterday with about eight teams all fighting for a playoff spot or two. And now after yesterday, we got like, two, three teams all fighting for maybe one spot that's maybe left. So playoff picture got a ton more clear yesterday. And teams, what's up with that? Teams not stepping up and getting it done. Playoffs on the line and not stepping it up. Only scoring three points. What were the Dolphins thinking yesterday? So man, oh man, lot to discuss, lot to talk about, lot to go over. Antonio Brown, y'all see that? I'm sure you did. Oh my goodness. So tons. Why? I'm telling you, it was just wild yesterday, folks. Everything was crazy. So, tons to talk about, tons to go over, so we're breaking out all the games from yesterday, and we got to do our NBA Daily 10, so let's get that out of the way first. Let's put 10 minutes on the clock. Next 10 minutes, uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA. Uh, so, here we go. 10 minutes on the clock, and the 10 minutes start right now. All righty. Decent amount of games on last night, folks. We had no bets going. We were strictly NFL yesterday. Still waiting for our first NBA bet of 2022. So we'll see if we can find that great value tonight and hit off 2022 in the NBA on the right foot. But let's start breaking down these games. First one up from last night, Knicks at the Raptors. And the Raptors get the win at home, 120-105. Fred Van Vliet, once again, doing great things. And man, oh man, Fred Van Vliet gets truly under the radar. Uh, a true great point guard, a true great number one. You could put him in top... You you could definitely put him in top 10 point guards in the league. Is that crazy to say? I mean, the man just put up 35 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, and we see this man be the leading scorer for this Raptors team, you know, a lot of times when they need him to step it up. So, Fred VanVleet, he can facilitate the floor. He's got great defense. He's obviously a walking bucket, shooting 7 of 13 from the 3 last night, 64% on 17 shots. Absolutely amazing. And then we had Gary Trent Jr., who was the opposite of that, 5 points on 28% shooting, not that great. But all the other uh, starters truly got it done. OG Ananubi, 14 points. We had Pascal Siakam, 20 points, 14 rebounds. And then Scotty Barnes getting it done as well, 13 big old points. And then for the Knicks, once again, no great guards here. Miles McBride at the one, two points on six shots, three assists. We had Evan Fournier who put up 20 points, thank you, but no assists, no rebounds, nothing else, just shooting the ball, and he was still a minus nine on the floor in a 15-point loss. Not that great. We had Taj Gibson at the five, 5.7 rebounds. Obi Toppin, 19 points, and R.J. Barrett, 19 points. But man, oh man, this Knicks team needs to figure out their guard situation. And if this Knicks team wants to, you know, 
get into the playoffs and compete for a ring, they're going to have to do something drastic at the trade deadline. I'm talking about getting a Damian Lillard or some sort of caliber guard that can tie this entire Knicks team that is full of uh, tier two role players. They got to get it all figured out and they need that guard. So if they get the guard, that's great. But if they don't, we're going to be kind of staying away from betting the Knicks and uh, kind of believing in the Knicks for the rest of the year. Raptors get the win 120-105. All right, then we get the Magic at the Celtics, and the Celtics get the win 116-111. Once again, Jalen Brown, a little bit out there by his lonesome. This game, Dennis Schroeder was available, so they had him, but still no Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum out there. So Jalen Brown got it done 50 points, 50 piece. He was on his New England Patriots last night. 50 points, 11 rebounds, a plus 10 on the floor. Absolutely fantastic. Dennis Schroeder, 21 points, 7 assists. And then Marcus Martin, 17 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. So Jason Tatum plays well when he's just on the floor by himself without Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown plays perfect by himself without Jason Tatum. And once again, they don't really mesh that well together when they're both on the floor with Marcus Smart. They don't really result into that many wins. So we'll see what the Celtics team does at the trade deadline. I know you'd get a lot out of Jalen Brown for compensation. You'd get a ton out of Jason Tatum for compensation. But we'll see if the Celtics go down that route. Uh, but they got the win. Uh, congratulations. But it was against the Magic. Nothing great. No Cole Anthony last night. But all the starters did pretty solid. Tim Frazier, 14 points, 3 assists, 5 rebounds. Gary Harris, 23 big old points. Led the, or no, he did not lead the team in scoring. Terrence Ross led the team in scoring. He came off off the bench. Still played starting minutes at 35 minutes. But he put up 33 points. Fantastic night. 4 of 8 from the 3 and 57% shooting on 19 shots. Holy moly. And then to round out the starters, we had Wendell Carter, 15 points, 16 rebounds, and then Franz Wagner, 14 points. So the Magic, they played pretty well, but Jalen Brown said, hey, I'll take it from here, and dropped 50 piece. So Celtics get the win, 116-111. All right, then we get the Pacers at the Cavs, and the Cavs get the win here. Love seeing them get back on top here. They win 108-104 over the Pacers. And once again, no great guards here for the Cavs with them all being out, and they still get the win. Very well done. Their guards, we have Kevin Pongo, 7 points and 4 assists. Then Isaac Okuru, 2 points on 1 shot in only 12 minutes. We needed something better. And Evan Mobley, Mobley stepped up that rookie, getting it done again. Led the team in scoring 24 points, 9 rebounds. Jared Allen, 18 points, 11 rebounds. And then Kevin Love, man, oh man, yes, sir. Again, getting it done. 20 points, 8 rebounds off the bench. Holy moly, getting it done for the Cavs. And then for the Pacers, Pacers doing classic Pacers things. Sabonis has a great game, 32 points, 7 assists, 13 rebounds. Uh, we had Dwayne Washington Jr., 20 points. Justin Holiday, 18 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Miles Turner, 12 points, 10 rebounds, and it's still not enough to get the win. It's competitive, it's close, but that's exactly what the Pacers are, just competitive and close, never the win. Always the bridesmaid, never the brides, always the competitor, never the champion. That's the Pacers, folks. Pacers lose 108-104. 
Then we get the Heat at the Kings, and the Kings get it done, folks. They win close, 115-113 over this Heat team. De'Aaron Fox, 24 big old points. We had Tyrese Halliburton, 9 points, but 12 assists. That was fantastic. And then Damian Jones at the 5, 18 points, 10 rebounds. And then Buddy Heald leading the team and scoring off the bench, 26 points. And now we're back at those 3, 7 of 14 from the 3. Fantastic. You know, he took a couple of games off of shooting like 5 or 6 threes. Those are rookie numbers. Numbers we know for Buddy Heald. He pumped those up last night. Got him all the way up to 14. Man, oh, man. And then for the Heat last night, Jimmy Butler, 21 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. We had Tyler Hero in the starting lineup, 22 points. Kyle Lowry, 14 points, 12 assists. Omer Yurtsevin, 22 points, 16 rebounds, playing fantastic. Unfortunately, because of all their outs and injuries and all that, they had to use all their bench in the starting lineup, so now they don't have any bench, and that's exactly what happened last night. We couldn't even rely on Kyle Guy last night. Damn, he had one explosive game. And now, nothing great. He had 7 points in 23 minutes. It's okay. 4 assists, but definitely needed a little bit better out of Kyle Guy. Unfortunately, couldn't get that. So, Kings get the win, 115-113. Then we get the Suns at the Hornets. Suns blow them out, 133-99, to like they should have. Uh, Chris Paul, 7 points, but 16 assists. And then Devin Booker, 24 big old points, able to get it done. And then for the Hornets, just getting absolutely blown out. Lamella Ball, 17 points, only one assist. He led the team in scoring. That's not a great sign. And the Kelly Oubre Jr., second leading scorer off the squad, 15 points and only 20 minutes off the bench. Little bit of a lackluster night for the Hornets last night. Then we get the Mavericks at the Thunder, and the Mavericks get it, get the win, 95 to 86. Luka Doncic back, getting the win, 14 points, 10 assists, nine rebounds. A little light on what he did. Everything was a little light last night. Overall, not a lot of points, not a lot of scoring, but the Mavericks were on the right side of that lesser amount of scoring. So Luka Doncic, like we said, the 14 points. The leading scorers were Tim Hardaway Jr. and Marquise Chris, both off the bench with 15 points. Um, no Chris at Porzingis last night, so Maxi Kleber filling in at the four, nine points, five rebounds. Once again, nothing great scoring-wise, but the Mavericks scored more, uh, winning 95-86. And then for the Thunder, no Shea Gillis-Alexander, no Lugan Stort, no chance for a win. And that's exactly what we saw. Nobody took advantage with them being out. Uh, Josh Giddy, 17 points, 14 assists, 13 rebounds. That's a triple-double for the kid. That was great, but that's all they had. So Mavericks get the win, 95-86. And then the last game of the night, the Ma uh, Timberwolves at the Lakers and LeBron holds on for the win, winning 108-1 103. LeBron James still playing the five here. 26 points, three steals, five assists, seven rebounds. Doing LeBron greatness out there. Russell Westbrook, 20 points, five assists, but nine turnovers. Ugh, it's getting a little bit, you know, out of hand. We've got to start reining it in. Everybody's going crazy on Russell Westbrook on social media. It's about that time in the season uh, where now every win truly is mattering a lot more because now we're kind of in the midway of the season. We're starting to figure out the contenders from the pretenders and all that. And that's when everybody starts to kind of focus in and hone in on Russell Westbrook in the beginning. We all go through like the same kind of uh, script every year on Russell Westbrook. The first couple of weeks of the season, it's a little cute. It's like, oh, Russell Westbrook's still doing Russell Westbrook things. Oh, look at him turn over the ball. All right, they lost the game, but hey, it's only game three. You know, he's going to 
to get it under control this year and all that. He'll be good. He's with LeBron now. He can get it done. And then the month into the season, you're like, okay, all right, let's start to clean it up a little bit. We've got to, you know, he's still turning over the ball five to seven times a game. And then he goes on this stretch about like uh, a full week of games without like uh, a big turnover game, like maybe only two or three turnovers a game. In Russell Westbrook, he's like, hey, you know, we're all like, all right, you know, he's finally got it done. It finally changed. He finally looked himself in the mirror and took it under control and is now good. And everybody starts to root for Russell Westbrook. And then he starts to turn over the ball. We're in that kind of stage of Russell Westbrook that we're getting hyper turnovers and all that. And uh, a lot of people are starting to turn on Russell Westbrook. We're at that point of the season. So Godspeed, Russell Westbrook. I know you've handled it. You know, if you're entire career I doubt this season gets to you uh, but we'll see uh, you know you're in LA you're with LeBron everything's heightened and hyper uh, you know hyper talked about and uh, so we'll see what Russell Westbrook can do and if he can clean it up finally we don't think so but the Lakers did get the win last night so all right and then for the Timberwolves Anthony Edwards out there last night, but the other big three weren't. But Anthony Edwards, 18 points, 7 rebounds, a solid night by him. We had Naz Reed, led the team in scoring at the 5, 23 big old points, 11 rebounds. And then Patrick Beverly, 12 points, 6 assists, 9 rebounds, just not enough to get it done. So, Lakers get the win, 108 to 103. Alrighty, those were all the NBA games we had to talk about from last night. Now... Let's quickly see if there's any great value in tonight's action to see if we can uh, make a little bit of money in the NBA. We're going to plan on making a little bit of money in the NFL as well. We've still got our uh, Browns minus three and a half pick from our official week picks that we're riding on. But let's see if we can kind of double up and double dip here in two sports, shall we? So let's see. Is there any great value tonight? Let's go through it quickly. We get Hornets at the Wizards. Hornets on the back-to-back. We will stay away from this game altogether. Then now we get to the Rockets at the 76ers. Rockets plus 14, 76ers minus 14. Just too many points to swallow here. We know the 76ers are kind of blowing out teams again, which is great. And we know this Rockets team is exactly what we knew they are, is a trash team. So uh, we'll stay away from this one. We don't like to swallow all those big points, folks. You all know how we feel. Swallowing a lot of points in the NBA, never great. Backdoor covers, all that, and betting back-to-backs. Those are two things we truly try to stay away from. All right, then we get the Grizzlies at the Nets. Grizzlies plus six and a half. Nets minus six and a half. What is that? Uh, John Morant must be out for the Grizzlies. What's going on here? So we get Kyle Anderson out for the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks out for the Grizzlies. Xavier Tillman out for the Grizzlies. And then for the Nets, just LaMarcus Aldridge is a game time decision. But we get the Grizzlies plus six and a half. They have just been absolutely on a tear previously. A four game winning streak beating some great teams in it. They just beat uh, the Suns or the Warriors. Who was the big team they just beat? The Suns a couple of nights ago, and they beat the Lakers on the following night, the following game and all that. So, a nice four game winning streak here by this Grizzlies team, and we get six and a half. 
Uh, I think I love it, folks. They're competitive. They're beating the best teams in the league. We know this Nets team is good. Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, James Harden, all that. But John Morant and Stephen Adams have been getting it done. And Stephen Adams, they've, they know the Nets don't have a big. LaMarcus Aldridge is a game-time decision. And if he does play, he plays 20 minutes in the starting lineup. And then their second big is Nicholas Claxton, who Stephen Adams will be able to dominate. So give me the six and a half here with the Grizzlies. I think that's tremendous. Tremendous value. I love that, folks. Holy moly. Fantastic. All right, so we're definitely locking that one in. 100% lock that in when you can, folks. Don't lose any value on that. Then we get the Magic at the Bulls. Magic plus 13.5. Bulls minus 13.5. Magic on the back-to-back -back plus that big old spread there. We'll stay away from it, even though we know this Bulls team is absolutely fantastic. Let's see. Is Lonzo Ball back yet for this Bulls team, or are we still going with Kobe White, baby? It seems like Lonzo Ball may be back. We'll see. Not on the injury report, so we still want Kobe White in the starting lineup, but we know they'd probably go back to Lonzo Ball. Alright, then we get the Pistons at the box. Pistons on the back-to-back, -back, plus a big spread. We stay away from that. Jazz at the Pelicans. Jazz minus 9.5 here. Pelicans plus 9.5. Let's see, is Valanchunas good to go? Uh, Brandon Ingram, game-time decision, but Valanchunas is good to go. Zion is still out. And then for the Jazz, just Hassan Whiteside is a game-time decision, so the Jazz are still going to be deep here. A little bit of a two... Uh, it's not that big of a spread here, but we know the Pelicans with... Valanchunas and Brandon Ingram are decently competitive. Not the greatest value here with the Jazz on the road. We'll stay away from it. We get the Nuggets plus 3.5. Mavericks minus 3.5. Mavericks on the back-to-back. -back. We'll stay away from this one. Heat at the Warriors. Heat on the back-to-back. -back. We're staying away from this one. Hawks at the Blazers. Hawks minus 5.5. Blazers plus 5.5 here. We know there's no such thing as Dame time anymore for the Blazers. So, you know, swallowing or getting points. Uh, I don't know if that's the best value here. But but for the Hawks, Daniil Gallinari is a game-time decision. Bogdan Bogdanovich is out, unfortunately. TLC, game-time decision. Kevin Herter, game-time decision. Cam Reddish, a game-time decision. So they could be getting a lot of good players back here for this Hawks team. Uh, while the Blazers, Damian Lillard is out. CJ McCollum is out. And Nurchich is a game-time decision. We'll swallow the five-and-a-half here for the Hawks. Seems like you know their full complement of good players are going to be there. And no Dame time, no C.J. McCollum, just relying on Norman Powell. All right, good luck with that. We'll swallow the five and a half here for the Hawks. And then the last game of the night, the Timberwolves at the Clippers. Timberwolves on the back-to-back. -back. We stay away from it, folks. You've got to, you know, when you're betting, folks, you know, you got to stick to your principles and stick to your rules. We don't bet the back-to-back. -back. I know it's not uh, exciting and flashy. We don't get to break down those games and all that, folks. But we just, we can't get roped in. We can't get suckered in of saying, well, oh, that's great value. Stick to your rules. Stick to your principles of betting. We do not bet back-to-backs in the NBA. We don't make any exceptions. We made exceptions early on this season, and they bit us in the butt, folks. We have learned it, and we are not falling for back-to-backs anymore. So... What we are taking tonight, folks, and we feel fantastic about this. I love the Grizzlies plus 6.5. That's the best bet of the night, the best value of the night. And Hawks minus 5.5, fantastic value as well. Hawks great. Blazers can't win with Damian Lillard, so they're not going to be winning without him either. So two-teamer here, Grizzlies plus 6.5, uh, Hawks minus 5.5. Feeling fantastic about those values, folks. Our first NBA bets of the new year, folks. We're looking to start 2-0 with some fantastic value tonight. Man, oh, man.
Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to cover for today. So now let's head over and shift gears to the NFL and start breaking out all the playoff changing, playoff clinching performances that we saw yesterday in week 17 in the NFL. Some teams rose to the occasion. Some teams floundered big, big, ginormous time. Some players, some teams have made themselves Super Bowl contenders. Some teams that we we did classify as Super Bowl contenders truly let us down. So as we're going through these games, talking and breaking down these matchups that we just saw yesterday, we are going to be kind of reordering, retooling our contender pretender list and shifting some teams uh, throughout these four categories. Super Bowl contender, playoff contender, playoff pretender, trash. And then we do have an absolute dumpster category, but that was really just for the Panthers. I don't know if we're throwing another team in there this week I doubt it but we will be shifting and changing these teams in these different uh brackets um of how we see them so as we go through the matchups we will talk all that through but uh, let's start breaking down these games in this first matchup up here. Eagles at Washington, and the Eagles get another win, winning 20-16, to and are really close of just wrapping up that playoff spot. They still have a little bit of work to do this uh, upcoming week. They have to, like, win or have a little bit of help if they do lose. But overall, this Eagles team at 9-7 and and sitting currently at that 7 seed in the playoffs, we absolutely love it, folks. We have this Eagles team as Super Bowl contenders, and I am content on leaving them in the Super Bowl contender category, folks. Yes, it was a little bit of a close game, but once again, a little bit of slow start, um, but then they get it figured out as the game progresses, and that's what we've seen by this Eagles team. They are resilient, and they will get it done. Um, their offense works. It pro It is proven to work, folks. It can jump out of the gate quick and uh, score at will and then it and then at other times it does take a little bit it takes like that first half of stalling a little bit and then the second half they get it figured out like they did uh the, last week and they did it this week as well so Nick Sirianni keeps his team level-headed nobody's ever panicking those halftime adjustments are always immaculate and they get the job done so watch out for this Eagles team I'm telling you nobody wants to face this Eagles team in the playoffs and and if the uh, NFL season ended today folks no more week 18 no more extended version of the season here it would be Rams uh, Eagles at Rams for that first playoff spot for that first wild card game and that Rams team folks they've been struggling a little bit these last two weeks offensively not being as dominant as we know they can be and this Eagles team they keep games close folks they don't let you score and run or throw wild on this team so uh, this is a, a tough out for any team in the NFC and I think they can pull some upsets and I think we could potentially get a Another little magical Philly Super Bowl run out here, folks. I think that's what we can get, loving what we get from this Eagles team. 
Like we said, little bit out to a slow start. They only put up seven points in the first half, but then first drive out of halftime, folks. Look at this. First drive out of halftime, 17 plays, 80 yards, seven and a half minutes chewed off the clock. Yes, halftime time adjustments, getting it done. And then another field goal, another field goal, and then the defense steps it up, folks. Eagles have the lead, but Washington and Taylor Heineke are driving first and 10 at the Eagles 20-yard line with 30 seconds left, but this is where the defense steps up. They pick off Taylor Heineke, and that's the ball game, folks. Offense, defense, getting it done throughout the entirety of the game, and the Eagles super close of truly clinching a playoff spot. Like we said, they definitely need to win, or if they do lose, they need a little bit of help with like the Vikings losing and uh, or, uh, the Saints losing. I think the Saints are the only other team potentially trying to get a playoff spot. Let's quickly see. Uh, we'll we'll click uh, Eagles lose next week against the Cowboys. Uh, just losing does not push them out of the playoffs, but with the Saints win, they can't just get in the playoffs either. So even if the Eagles lose, they need a ton. They do still need uh, some things do not go their way, their way for them to solidify their playoff spot. So Eagles are in great shape heading into the last week. All right, let's start breaking down some stats here and seeing what these uh, Eagles did last night. So Jalen Hurts, 17 of 26. And once again, another great thing we love about this Eagles team, they never let Jalen Hurts just throw the ball 50 times a game. I don't even really want – there's only like two quarterbacks I feel comfortable slinging the ball around 50 times a game, and that's like Tom Brady because he gets it done. We just saw that yesterday in full force. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, who once again will get it done slinging the ball. I don't even want Matthew Stafford throwing the ball 50 times a game because they have Sony Michelle and this Eagles team has Jordan Howard in Boston Scott and they had Miles Sanders unfortunately he's injured unfortunate. Uh, so here we go Jalen Hurts 17 of 26 uh, 65% completion percentage real solid 214 yards wasn't dinking and dunking no touchdown no interceptions no fumbling and that's another reason why we love this Eagles team they can score without their quarterback. Their running game is fantastic. We get Boston Scott, 14 rushes for 47 yards and two scores. Jalen Hurts takes off seven times for 44 yards. Another reason why we love Jalen Hurts is his dual threat ability. He's very quick, folks. He's very quick. He's not like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, but he's kind of, you know, that second tier great quickness that you need from a dual threat quarterback. Then we get Jordan Howard, 11 rushes for 26 yards. All right, who was Jalen Hurts slinging the ball to? We had Dallas Goddard, leading receiver, six catches for 71 yards. Devontae Smith, three catches, 54 yards. Boston Scott, four catches, 39 yards. Greg Ward, two catches, 35 yards. And Quez Watkins, two catches for 15 yards. Overall, Washington's defense, you know, had a really good showing. And that's what we get from a Ron Rivera-led team. This Washington team, you know, they've got a lot of heart and a lot of pride. And they definitely, you know, came into their own, you know, the second half of the season, if you will. Just unfortunately got out to a little bit of a slow start in the beginning. Um, but the defense, you know, they held the Eagles to some solid yardage. This rushing game was not running wild like we've seen it do. Uh, but they just couldn't get it done in the clutch. And, you know, Taylor Heineke, you know, he was kind of billing himself as the gamer. Going back to last season, diving for that pylon against the Patriots, folks. When you say, when they bring, whenever Taylor Heineke has a primetime game, that's what they show over and over. 
and over and over and over and talk about over and over and over again. Oh my God, Taylor Heineke, dough for the pylon. The man's a gamer. But we saw that kind of gamer energy get tested this season, not diving for the pylon in the end zone um, in his kind of first start earlier this season, uh, just kind of not going balls to the wall, not going true gamer mode, and then throwing an interception with 30 seconds left down one score at the 20-yard line. So Taylor Heineke, a little exposed this season, and I definitely think of what we saw from Taylor Heineke this season is that he's not, you know, a franchise guy. You can't build around this, man. You do kind of need to pick up another quarterback option in this offseason and go from there. So, unfortunate, Taylor Heineke just didn't get those wins, unfortunately. You kept some games close, so we'll give you credit for that, but we need to see you take the next step and start winning games now. You know, you had really this season almost to yourself as the starter unlike last season and you know you didn't get it done so if you do get you know another chance another season as a starter next year you've got to win games so we'll see what they do uh with Taylor Heineke in this offseason but Taylor Heineke was slinging this ball around 27 of 36 folks we get 75 percent completion percentage 247 yards a little bit of dink and dong no touchdown one interception and it came at the clutchest time in the game and that's when he throws the pick so what does that say about Heineke on clutch unfortunate there didn't fumble but still that one turnover that's the game that's the ball game all right, who was Washington running with? We had Jarrett Patterson, 12 rushes for 57 yards and a touchdown. Taylor Heineke took off twice for 14 yards. And Wendell Smallwood, four rushes for 12 yards. Who was Taylor Heineke slinging the ball to? We had Terry McLaurin, leading receiver, seven catches, 61 yards. That's what we love. He's targeting his A1 Tier 1 weapon. So another green flag, silver lining for Taylor Heineke if you're looking for one. We get Cam Sims, second leading receiver, four catches, 48 yards. Jarrett Patterson, five catches, 41 yards. John Bates, three catches, 35 yards. Deami Brown, one catch, 25 yards. Adam Humphreys, two catches, 12 yards. And Wendell Smallwood, two catches for 10 yards. Unfortunately, came down to the wire, and Taylor Heineke turns the ball over. Washington gets it done. They bring their benches. They brought their heated benches to Washington in the heated benches. It works, folks. You bring your own heated benches, you get the win. The Cowboys did it a couple weeks weeks ago wash or eagles did it this week and uh, now that uh you know teams are bringing their benches to washington they might want to just bring their entire stands and seating and railings to washington as well because did y'all see this after the game jalen hurts walking off the field and the freaking fan the stands collapse like eight people fall over a railing so if you're heading into washington next week is washington at home next week Yes, uh, no, hang on. Week 18, Washington is on the road. Thank goodness. Burn down that stadium. Demolish the stadium and build something new for the year. Your stands are falling apart. Your stands are falling apart. Do you see something wrong with this? Jalen Hurts almost got taken out by the stands of Washington. Come on, come on. Do better, Washington. We know that whole organization's in big old turmoil. And I know, you know, their stadium is kind of the, the least of their concerns at the current moment. But you're about to get this kid hurt out here. The man that just whooped that ass. The man that just beat Taylor Heineke. Give some respect to Jalen Hurts, folks. He's about to be a Super Bowl winner maybe this season can't injure them with fans falling over railings. Come on. So, Eagles get the win 22-16. 
Alrighty, next game up here is Rams at the Ravens and the Rams. Another close game. We saw the close game last week. We chalked it up to just classic Vikings, but then you face the Ravens this week and you only win by 1.20 to 19. But, but they were clutch in the end. Going down for the game, winning touchdown with four and a half minutes left. And with a minute left, he throws it. Matthew Stafford slings the ball to OBJ. And they get the game-winning touchdown. The go-ahead touchdown, I should say. And then the Ravens, with a minute left, need to do something just to get into field goal territory. But the Rams' defense steps up big time. They force a fumble, and that's game time. Uh, the Ravens weren't able to really move the ball. They started at their own 25-yard line, and they ended at their own 25-yard line on nine plays. So nothing uh, Well, really well done by the Rams' defense, which we know is great. And, uh, you know, no Lamar Jackson last night. As we knew, he was a little hobbled during the week. We called him not playing. And uh, so... Tyler Huntley takes over and didn't have a bad game. Tyler Huntley looks serviceable as a backup. Um, you know, he kept the game close. They were leading. They were controlling the game for the most part. But then the fourth quarter came and the Rams just were scoring the ball. And they got that clutch touchdown and they win the game. So shout out to Sean McVay. Shout out to Matthew Stafford. And shout out to OBJ for making a huge positive impact on a team. And not kind of doing a little bit of his own overall counterpart AB Antonio Brown who was kind of actively walking out on his team so well done OBJ not being a distraction like AB is right so Rams get it done eventually, eventually seven points throughout the first three quarters and the fourth quarter they came and got it done. So, all right, we'll definitely break down Matthew Stafford. Got to look at these incompletions again in our Wednesday film study to get kind of one final true look at if this Rams team is true Super Bowl contenders or if they are playoff contenders. Do they deserve to be in that best category of Super Bowl contenders. I've got no problem with you winning close games. I mean, that's what it is in the league. You really should not expect blowouts, uh, you know, consistently throughout the league. You know, any given Sunday, these are grown men. Ravens were still competing for a playoff spot. Ravens were at home and all that. So, you know, tough games. You know, we're not knocking the Rams solely off of that. Uh, but, you know, we, we've seen the hit. We've seen this Rams team struggle early on in the season we've seen them miss open throws and all that it does seem like they have cleaned it up but let's see is it kind of uh, rearing its ugly head again and Matthew Stafford once again doesn't really know how to perform at uh, what he needs to do in the playoffs because he's never got there so still have to take it a little slow with the Rams but overall we still do believe this is a very very great team I mean you got Matthew Stafford you got the genius of Sean McVay so Alrighty, here we go. Matthew Stafford from yesterday. What do we got? We got 26 of 35. 74% completion percentage, 309 yards, two touchdowns. Once again, those two interceptions, and they came back-to-back. -back. The first one was a pick six. Then he throws another interception, and that leads to three points. So 13 points just off of turnovers by Matthew Stafford alone. Once again, a little concerning, and he lost a fumble in that fumble resulted into three more points so 13 points off of turnovers there for the Ravens 
All right, so Matthew Stafford turning over the ball too much, but then he played hero ball at the end. So, hey, you know, you, you took care of it. Yeah, you threw, you know, you turned the ball over three other times, you know, in the game. But when the game counted, when the game was on the line, you stepped up and were clutch. So, you know, I can kind of forgive those turnovers a little bit. <clears throat> Um, you know, because you got it done when it mattered, folks, and that ultimately winning cures everything. Truly, it does. So Matthew Stafford, not the greatest, but was clutch. And for that, you know, Taylor Heineke wasn't clutch. Do we care about his okay performance? No, not really, because he lost. Matthew Stafford, not the greatest performance, but he won the game, 300 yards. So, yeah. All right, and then in the rushing game as well, and once again, why we love Sean McVay sticking with the run game. Sony Michelle, 19 rushes for 74 yards and a touchdown. We absolutely love that. Who was Matthew Stafford slinging the ball to? We had Cooper Cup, leading receiver, six catches for 95 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Higby, six, six catches, 69 yards. Von Jefferson, four catches, 63 yards. OBJ, five catches, 39 yards in that game-winning touchdown. And then Sony Michelle, three catches for 25 yards. Uh, so getting it done, running, receiving, you got to love it. Alrighty, and then the Ravens, they kept the game close. The defense was on point for the majority of the game. And then just kind of that final four minutes, they just kind of floundered and flopped. And they end up losing the game because of that. It's unfortunate. And there's another game where the defense just kind of gives it up at the end and uh, just loses the game because of that. That's a, normally a good defense. And unfortunately, just not getting it done in the clutch. That's what's going to decide and determine whether you win the Super Bowl or if you're NFL. NFC championship, or if uh, you just make it to the NFC or championship game, where whatever division or conference you're in, uh, but that's going to be the difference. Who's going to get it done in the clutch? Last season, Aaron Rodgers couldn't get it done in the clutch, even though he outperformed Tom Brady. Just couldn't get it done in the clutch. You must get it done in the clutch, and Matthew Stafford did. So yeah, I think we are good of leaving this Rams team as Super Bowl contenders, getting it done in the clutch. Eagles getting it done in the clutch. Taylor Heineke drives. I believe they're both Super Bowl contenders, folks. All right, here we go. Now the Rams, or now the Ravens. Tyler Huntley, 20 of 32, slinging the ball. We get 62% completion percentage, 197 yards, no touchdown, a pick, an interception. His interception comes in the second quarter, and the Rams get a touchdown off of it, making the turnover team pay for their mistakes. Another thing Super Bowl champions do. Especially cashing in seven points off of a turnover, not just three. All right, in the rushing game, we had Deontay Freeman, 14 rushes for 76 yards. Tyler Huntley takes off six times for 54 yards. And then Latavius Murray, 11 carries for 31 yards. So once again, running back by committee, using the running game with the quarterback, classic Lamar Jackson offense, ran by Tyler Huntley. And Tyler Huntley has proven he keeps the games close. So a solid backup out here for Tyler Huntley. And uh, that's obviously what you need with a Lamar Jackson type of quarterback who, you know, is a little prone two injuries. And then who was Tyler Huntley slinging the ball to? No surprise. Mark Andrews leading receiver. Six catches, 89 yards. Rashad Bateman, seven catches, 58 yards. Marquise Brown, three catches, 28 yards. Devin DuVernay, two catches for 19 yards. So once again, you know, what makes Lamar Jackson special? Because we kind of see Tyler Huntley giving us, you know, Lamar Jackson-esque performances, but it does seem like 
Lamar Jackson does have that clutch gene. Would Lamar Jackson have been able to take the last 57 seconds starting at your own 25-yard line and move them into field goal range? Because Tyler Huntley couldn't. And we know Tyler Huntley just loses these kind of close games. So maybe Lamar Jackson is the clutch great quarterback here or Tyler Huntley is just a nice serviceable backup option. That's kind of seeming what it's looking like here. But the Rams get the win 20 to 19 and the Rams folks second seed in the NFC heading into the final week of the season. Um, alrighty, next game up here. What do we got? We got the Bucks at the Jets, folks, and I'm sure y'all know what happened in this game. No, Antonio Brown goes a little crazy and uh, kind of uh, hypes up the Jets crowd as he's exiting the stadium mid-game. A little bit of mid-play. There's a photo of AB standing in uh, the end zone hyping up the Jets crowd while players are are actively going on and off the field for the substitutions and all that. So, man, oh, man, A.B. is done in the league. Bruce Arians has came out and said he's no longer a buck anymore. And once again, folks, I mean, I don't want to hear. I, I hate everybody that gets on their high horse and all that. Remember, you know, Bruce Arians at the beginning of the season. Hey, Antonio Brown's on a short leash, all this. And then, you know, we had the fake Vax card. And then he was suspended for three games. And then all the Bucks receivers got in. Injured, so they had to bring A.B. back after that three-game suspension. And, uh, you know, A.B. was now wide receiver one last week. And Bruce Arians, you know, had no problem activating him, even though he was on a short leash. And, you know, Bruce Arians didn't want Antonio Brown to do what he just did this week. Um, but, you know, it, uh, you know, they had to do what they had to do. Bruce Arians had to swallow his pride a little bit and activate A.B. last week. And then they get this. And then, they, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, Bruce Arians has this kind of strong arm moment at the point of being like, oh, AB, no longer a buck anymore. No longer a buck. So, you know, get off your high horse. You do anything that's best for you and all that. So stop with the high morality and all that, folks. You do what's best for you at every single point in your life, okay? Can we all just relax a little bit? Um, so Bucks get the win because Tom Brady was clutch as hack. Once again, clutch ability. Tom Brady's got it, man. Down. They need a touchdown to win the game. Tom Brady with the final two minutes and 12 seconds, starting at his own nine, uh, starting at his own seven yard line, having to drive 93 yards here. Tom Brady, I mean, have we, have we said this situation before in Tom Brady's career? Of course. We have many, many, multiple, plentiful of times, folks. Tom Brady, 10 plays, 93 yards, a minute and 57 seconds out of the remaining two minutes and 12 seconds, drives down the field, touchdown, win the game. Antonio Brown walked off the field way before this, and then Tom Brady walks off the field as a winner again, a walk, uh, basically walk-off touchdown for Tom Brady. So, Bucks struggling a little bit early on in this game. The Jets were winning, scoring really consistently, decently. Look at this, folks. First two drives, touchdown for the Jets. And we are seeing some nice glimpses here of this Jets team being real solid. So, potentially, this Jets team could be really good 
good next year. I don't know about full-on playoff contenders at the current moment, but we get a great job scoring on the first um, first drives of the game, usually with touchdowns, so they're scheming. We know the first 10-15 plays are scripted in every game, so that's great scripting by the Jets. They're now scoring in the second half of games, which, you know, was a little bit of a struggle for them, so they're getting those halftime adjustments down. They're being competitive. Robert Sala's looking decent as a head coach. Zach Wilson is showing some glimpses of good quarterback play, and we get the emergence of this wide receiver who's finally making his way, Braxton Berrios, who's a great just kind of gadget guy. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. In these last three games for Braxton Berrios, you know, returning kickoff for touchdowns, his big speed, his big gadget ability in the red zone, Braxton Berrios could be a huge fundamental piece to this Jets offense come next season. I want them to kind of build around Zach Wilson and Braxton Berrios, some nice kind of end arounds, getting Braxton Berrios speed in the slot and all that, and letting Zach Wilson, we know he's got a big arm, we know he's decently athletic to buy time with his legs and escape the pocket and all that. So I really kind of want to see Braxton Berrios as kind of the face of the offense a little bit come next season. So we'll see what the Jets do. Uh, obviously 4-12, no chance to make the playoffs this season. But it's all about building for the future, building for next year. And we'll see what the Jets do. I think they have some nice fundamental pieces right here offensively. And if they build upon that, they can win a couple more games next season. Maybe compete for that last wild card spot. But overall, be competitive throughout the majority of the season next year. So watch out for this Jets team. And I want to see Braxton Barrios feet folks. Let's start here with the Jets since we've just talked about them. So here we go. Zach Wilson definitely needs to clean up the accuracy and all that, but we know he loves to sling the ball. So Zach Wilson goes 19 of 33, 57% completion percentage. That's the thing he definitely needs to work on. He's still a rookie this season, folks. So we're not, you know, knocking him and saying he can't get better. Got to shore up the accuracy come next year. 234 yards, real solid, one touchdown, no interceptions, and he didn't fumble. Braxton Barrios fumbled, so we'll have to scold him for that, but it's not Zach Wilson, so shout out to that. Uh, rushing game was pretty solid. Michael Carter, three rushes for 54 yards. Austin Walter, 14 rushes for 49 yards. Ty Johnson, five rushes for 35 yards and a touchdown. Braxton Berrios, two rushes for 12 yards and a touchdown. So once again, the misdirection, using your speed and getting them, you know, the ball quickly off the edge and all that. So once again, this Jets offense, folks, let's keep this in mind. This is going to be an interesting offseason for the Jets, and we'll keep our eye on it and we'll update you obviously as we do all right, and then who was Zach Wilson slinging the ball to? We had Braxton Barrios, leading receiver, eight catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Ty Johnson, three catches, 47 yards. Kenny Yaboa, two catches, 36 yards. Keelan Cole, two catches, 35 yards. Daniel Brown, two catches, 29 yards. And Jeff Smith, one catch for 13 yards. And once again, Corey Davis, folks, injured, you know, for the rest of the season, unfortunate. But you get Corey Davis, your A1 tier one wide receiver, your deep threat receiver next season. And then you get your Braxton Barrios, a little bit of a gadget, you know, slot guy who's great in open space, who can win right off the line of scrimmage, slant plays and all that. This could be a really solid offense 
defense for the Jets. If you're struggling, Robert Sala, call me up. I'll be the offensive coordinator. I've got visions. I've got some visions for this Jets team. You got to hear me out. Uh, so Jets lose, but overall, building for the future, we can see it. <clears throat> All right, and then Tom Brady, folks, didn't we just say early on in the show, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, the only quarterback I want, kind of throwing the ball, slinging the ball 45, 50 plus times a game because they get it done. Well, who just slung the ball 50 times a game and got it done? Tom Brady, okay? You got to be the GOAT or kind of, you know, talked about in GOAT discussions if you want to throw the ball 45 times a game, okay? And get away with it on takes by fans. Okay, uh, so here we go. Tom Brady slings the ball 34 out of 50 times. Sheesh, 68%. Once again, goat shit. Slinging the ball 50 times, 68% completion percentage. That is absolutely fantastic. Love it. Three touchdowns, only one interception. The one interception came in the second quarter, and the Jets only scored three points out of it. Okay. Uh, we had no fumbles by the Bucks, so just that one lone turnover. Um, all right, running the ball, we had Kashawn Vaughn, Keyshawn Vaughn, eight rushes for 31 yards. Ronald Jones, 10 rushes for 26 yards. And then Le'Veon Bell, three rushes for five yards. Uh, unfortunate, um, unfortunate uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, unfortunately not able to play last night. And they're definitely going to need him. This is kind of what's keeping the Bucks away from 100% Super Bowl contenders. We need playoff Leonard Fournette, folks. Need that man. He's fantastic. So hopefully this man can get back quick. All right, who was Tom Brady slinging the ball to? We had Rob Gronkowski, leading receiver, seven catches for 115 yards. Cyril Grayson, six catches, 81 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Johnson, four catches, 50 yards. Mike Evans, four catches, 47 yards, a touchdown. Brashad Perryman, two catches, 41 yards. Le'Veon Bell, three catches, 30 yards. Antonio Brown, before he went off the field, three catches, 26 yards. And Keyshawn Vaughn, two catches for 14 yards. So Tom Brady in the clutch folks it's as classic as apple pie no tom brady gets the win 28 to 24 and then you know a lot of speculation on why what drove antonio brown to do his thing that he did walking off the fields quitting in the middle of a game well, uh, obviously, the initial speculation was that Antonio Brown was doing it because of the uh, incentives. Um, you know, if you, he was like, so he, it was like 50 yards away from getting 300,000, a touchdown away from getting another 300,000, and a couple of catches, like seven more catches for $300,000. So he could have made like another mill if he got, you know, 50 yards, seven catches, and like one more touchdown. Um, and he had this game and next game to do it. But, uh, you know, the initial speculation was Antonio Brown. Uh, that Bruce Arians was actively not setting Antonio Brown out there so they didn't have to pay him that kind of extra million. And that just didn't make that much sense because you have two games left. You're in the middle of a game. This was like he did this in like the second quarter, so you still had the entirety of the game. The Brown the Bucks were down. They weren't up like 40 points where they're just running the ball. They're still gonna throw the ball because they're down. Tom Brady was slinging the ball to the very last play, so your opportunity was still out there. So that never made any sense. But now we're kind of getting the official narrative at this point from Ian Rappaport. He says Bucks coaches told Antonio Brown to leave after he told staff he was too hurt to re-enter Sunday's game. So Antonio Brown said, hey, I'm too hurt. They told him to leave and he left.
that's all kind of what we've got so far that's all i mean as confirmed as we can get at this point because it is coming from ian rapport who is a trusted source in the media um so that's what they're going with it's not the incentives that doesn't really make any sense but with antonio brown does anything make any sense but i'm all righty so bucks get the win 28 to 24 antonio brown no longer with the bucks <laughs> Alrighty, this game, this game. Let's talk about this game, shall we? The game I don't want to talk about. The team, the game that we gave luck to on the show. Do you know how much a slot on this show goes for, folks? A segment is a couple of K. Hanging the flag is a couple of K. And every canvas for every show is a couple of K. And this Dolphins team had me wear the Dolphins Dolphins hat and put up the Dolphins canvas and and they had me take down King Henry. They made me take down our favorite canvas of the greatest running back of all time to do this to put up three points to get absolutely blown out in a meaningful game. You had the playoffs coming into this game and because of your three points their playoff spot went into vanish it went up into smoke folks so they had me do all this for three lousy garbage unentertaining uncompetitive points what are we doing what the hell are we doing out here damn damn so Dolphins get absolutely obliterated by the Titans, 34-3. A little bit more of an accurate score is like 24-3. to A little bit of a run-up of the score by the Titans at the end of the game, which I've got no problem with. I, you know, I don't find that as disrespect, running up the score. Run up the score. Score as many points as you can. I don't give a damn about that. But just for overall context, you know, optics compared to context and all that, folks, it was a little bit more around 24 to 3, which is still bad. I'm not making excuses. I'm just putting it into optics, folks. Um, so these last... Uh these last 10 points here, the field goal and the touchdown, fourth quarter, Dolphins were down big bad, as we know, and they were just, they kept going for it because they had to, they had nothing to lose, they throw an interception, Titans, easy field territory for their touchdown, starting at their own 42-yard line, uh, field goal starting at Dolphins, 44-yard line, last touchdown starting at the Dolphins, 38-yard line, so a little bit more of an accurate score of the overall game was about 24-3. to but man, oh man, man, oh man, what is going on with this Dolphins offense? Man, man, the play callers, what are we doing? It's like Tua had his best throw of the game, the big bomb, the big like 45-yard strike down the field. And then the very next play, after Tua's best pass of the entire game, the very next play, they go a trick play that loses yards, 45-yard uh, to Jalen Waddle deep, all arms, slinging the ball, fantastic. And then the next play, it's a direct snap to Miles Gaskin. Tua ends up with the ball somehow, and it's a two-yard sack. He ends up fumbling the ball. Luckily, the Dolphins got back on top of it. But now off that big electric play that had all the momentum swing to the Dolphins, and I believe it was at 17-3 uh, to at this moment. 
17 to 3. So 17 to 3 at kind of the start of the fourth quarter. So still had their way to go to try and get back into this game. But I mean, you just had it. You just had that momentum. You were searching all game for it. Came in the fourth quarter, but then you run the trick play. It didn't make any sense. You took all that kind of momentum away from Tua. It seems like that's what this Dolphins team does a lot. And that's why I think Tua gets a bad shake in the media. It's because one great play, they go with Tua. And then they don't build off of that momentum. They go trick play. They have direct snap to not Tua. Why are you taking that momentum out of Tua's hands? I just don't get it. And then the drive stalls after that because, of course, it is. Now you're second and 12 behind the sticks. You don't throw the ball that deep. We saw it all game. Uh, you know, I don't think I don't think it's Tua not going deep. deep. I think it's the offensive coordinator actively not scheming the routes deep for Tua. So... I don't know, man. We're going to go into this offseason. Obviously, this uh, game hurts Tua in the national media. This was one of his worst game. I would say this is probably his worst game overall. We usually say he has like one boneheaded play every game, but I counted like three boneheaded plays in this game and just not getting it done on the crucial third downs and all that. I'm not putting it all on Tua, but this was his worst game of the year. Uh, so, you know, the Tua haters and, you know, everybody that uh, clowns Tua on the daily are running with this game. Okay, we'll let y'all do that. Y'all love doing that. We'll let y'all do it. If y'all love doing it, we'll let y'all do it. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting offseason on the Tua talk. Um, expect a lot of hate on Tua because, you know, this is one of his last performances, his last meaningful performances, and he put up three points. Truly not great. So here we go, folks. Let's start breaking down the Tua stats here. Tua goes 18 of 38. Ugh, 47. Oof, man, that's a that's a low that's a low number. I didn't know low numbers got that low. Like 47% completion percentage. 205 yards, not terrible. No touchdown, one pick. He fumbled three times, lost one. So here we go. Uh, first turnover by Tua. He fumbles. It leads to only three points for the Titans. Still, you know, big old three points. It's now 10-0 for the Titans off that fumble. Then the interception by Tua came on their last drive of the game. It counts, you know, seven garbage time points. Once again, optically, that's kind of why we're saying it was more 24-3 to overall. Uh, but, yeah, Tua, not a good game. His worst game of the season. This was his worst game of the season. And this is what's so frustrating about the Dolphins and why Brian Flores cannot be a head coach in this league. Why? Why on every single big game for the Dolphins last year against the Bills last week of the season get absolutely smacked against the Bills both time this season, making up for last season, establishing your dominance in the division, or trying to overtake the best team in the division, Bills. You get blown out both times. And then this game against the Titans where you need a win to stay in the playoff picture. You get blown out 34-3. Brian Flores does not get this team ready for the highest pressure-filled situation. And now we get this. Y'all like to knock Tua for a lot of other things that I don't agree with. But what I will knock Tua for is being one of the most unclutchest quarterbacks of all time, folks. Honestly, not just 
just kind of in the moment. All right, we need a touchdown on our final drive of the game. I'm talking about so unclutch that he doesn't even get ready for the big game. Three points here. The Bills game last season. The Bills performances this season, folks. He does not step up to the plate when it needs to be stepped up. Yes, he was really good during that seven-game win streak, but, I mean, you've got to keep it going. This was the biggest game now, and he can't step it up. So, not even can't step it up. Can't even be competitive, really, in it. So, that's the biggest knock I have on Tua heading into next season, but it's a little bit more of Tua and Brian Flores and just overall this entirety of the Dolphins organization coming out flat in the biggest games of the year consistently. Uh, uh, something's got to change. Something's got to change. Uh, I mean, we see Joe Burrow lighting it up these last two weeks. I thought it was a trap bet this week. I thought the Bengals plus five was a trap bet this week. Boy, were we wrong. Joe Burrow is the clutchest quarterback that there is in NFL history. I'll say that. Man, oh, man, that man is... Woof, Joe Burrow, Joey B, damn, I can't wait to talk about that game because, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, but let's finish up here with the Dolphins and the Titans, here we go, Tua, bad game, worst game of his career, I'll say that, worst game of his career. All right, and then another thing here. What the hell are we doing? Why are we having to sling the ball 38 times when we just established we have a pretty good running core? Duke Johnson, he was getting seven yards a carry, seven rushes for 49 yards, and you cut the running game short. Oh, and it was cold and wet and raining in Tennessee, and you still decided not to run the ball? And it's not like you got down that big, that bad. You were down about seven. 17 to 3, but you know, that doesn't mean abandon the run. You abandon the run when you get down 50 points like the Jaguars were against the Patriots. So I don't understand what we're doing here offensively as a whole. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. That's why I'm not putting it all on Tua. I'll give Tua, you know, his knocks. I've got no problem knocking Tua, folks. We don't. Or uh, I mean, we've got no problem doing so. But I don't think it's as much and as overboard as y'all make it. I think there's more glaring issues on this Dolphins team besides Tua. Uh, but the running game, I mean, I don't understand why they didn't stick with it. Duke Johnson, seven rushes for 49 yards. Miles Gaskin, five five rushes for 23 yards. So what are we doing here? You're cutting the running game short? I mean, what what is this? Every running back here, Duke Johnson, Miles Gaskin, and Philip Lindsay, all individually should have had like 15-plus rushes. And none of them even got to 15 themselves. Philip Lindsay, two carries for one rush as well. And y'all just started implementing the Wildcat in in-game scenarios. So once again, what are we doing? There's no cohesiveness here. There's no rhythm offensively. And that's what affects Tua. He doesn't get all those deep ball opportunities throughout the course of a game. So when he does get one, I think Tua is kind of compelled to force the ball. And that's where we get a couple of, you know, optically bad throws by Tua. So it's going to be an interesting offseason, folks. We'll try to get to the bottom of it. We'll di we'll we'll watch film. We'll, dis uh, we'll dissect and all that. We've got a long offseason. And we'll get down to the bottom of Tua and all the other narratives around every player of every team this offseason, folks. So the work is not done just because the season is almost over, folks. All right, and then finally here for the Dolphins, who was Tua slinging the ball around to? We had Mike Kosicki, leading receiver, four catches, 51 yards. Jalen Waddle, three catches, 47 yards. Devontae Parker, four catches, 46 yards. Durham Smythe, three catches, 37 yards. And Duke Johnson, two catches for 16 yards.
Alrighty, and then on the flip side here, the Titans, folks. See, this is, this is, why did the Dolphins not do exactly this? Ryan Tannehill, 18 throws. Deontay Foreman, the running back, 26 rushes. I mean, that's exactly what it should be. But here we go for the Titans. Shout out to the Titans. Their running game, they're starting to get it, you know, consistent. And we've seen the backup running backs here for the Titans get it done. Didn't, like, both running backs against the Patriots have over 100 yards in that game? And now this game, Deontay Foreman leading rush. 26 rushes for 132 yards and a touchdown. So watch out for this Titans team. They're the number one seed in the AFC, folks. How crazy. Chiefs losing yesterday, and now the Titans are the number one seed in the AFC at 11-5. They win. They wrap up that number one seed. Um, if they lose, if they lose against the Texans, then they automatically lose it. So they need to win it to keep it, and they've got the Texans next week on the road. So Titans, number one seed in the AFC, first round by getting that running game right, giving Derrick Henry an extra week off that bye to get right. Ooh, 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 Titans, folks. Maybe, maybe they are the team to, to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. Who knows, folks? But the rushing attack is good. And Ryan Tannehill, we know, needs the rushing attack to be serviceable as a quarterback. So watch out for this Titans team. So, let's start here with Ryan Tannehill. He goes 13 of 18. Once again, taking the ball out of his hands. It was raining. It was wet. All that. You don't rely on Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball 40 times a game because that's not Ryan Tannehill. So, the geniuses, the geniuses of the Titans coaching staff, it shines every game. Mike Vrabel, coach of the year. Give him the award. It's fantastic. Ryan Tannehill, 72%, 120 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He fumbled once but didn't lose it. Rushing game, like we said, Deontay Foreman, 26 rushes for 132 yards and a touchdown. Dontrell Hilliard, 8 rushes, 45 yards and a touchdown. And then Jeremy McNichols, 2 rushes for 14 yards. And then, you know, Tannehill takes off 4 times for 7 yards himself. And who was Tannehill slinging the ball to? We had A.J. Brown, leading receiver, two catches, 41 yards. Dontrell Hilliard, three catches, 33 yards. Anthony Fersker, three catches, 24 yards, one touchdown. Shout out to U tight end university. Chester Rogers, two catches, 13 yards. And once again, shout out to tight end university. Jeff Swain, three catches, nine yards, and the touchdown. Ryan Tannehill, uh, tight ends. Ryan Tannehill with the running backs. Classic Ryan Tannehill. But they get the win and the number one seed in the AFC. They win 34-3. to and, and I'm going to put this play this team in playoff contender category. Uh, so let's get that up here quickly. Uh, Titans, I'm just I just can't rely on Tannehill by himself to get it done. So I, re I really can't put the Titans in Super Bowl contender, but they're right up there at the top of the crop in the playoff contender. We haven't seen Ryan Tannehill get it done in the playoffs ever in his career. So uh, by himself, we know that's not him. That's not his game. So Titans are kind of at their max ceiling at playoff contender. But we definitely do have to move this Dolphins team. Obviously, no longer Super Bowl contenders because of that performance. So they're gone off this list. And they were truly playoff pretenders the whole time. Right in front of us. Fake the whole time. Shame on us. But, uh, mm. Yeah, shame on us. I, I can't even do a but. Shame on us. Shame on us. Dolphins defense. Dolphins defense was great and still gave up 34 points. Truly pretenders all along. Dolphins end the year in playoff pretender category. How unfortunate. All right, so Titans get the win 34-2-3. <clears throat> 
Alrighty, next matchup up here. We don't have to spend that much time on because it was an absolute shellacking. Patriots blow out the Jaguars 50 to 10, 50 burger, 50 piece for this Patriots team. And once again, Jaguars, where where is the um where is your where is your self-respect, really? Where is that? You put the blame. Everybody puts the blame on Urban Meyer. And then you get blown out 50 to nothing. I think Urban Meyer was a little right. This team is full of losers. Maybe we should have listened to Urban Meyer. Maybe we all shouldn't have been so quick to really kind of victimize and blame Urban Meyer because this Jaguars team is truly losers. You get blown out 50 to 10. That's a losing effort right there. That's loser territory right there. Jay's Louise. So maybe Urban Meyer was a little right. A bunch of losers on the Jaguars and maybe Urban Meyer is truly the best winner of all time the only winner so Patriots first drive touchdown second drive touchdown third drive touchdown fourth drive touchdown fifth drive touchdown sixth drive finally a punt they got a win and what did the Jaguars do stopping the Patriots they throw an interception. Next drive, touchdown. Next drive, field goal. Next drive, touchdown. And that's the end of the game. So the Jaguars, you got one moral victory during the game. And Trevor Lawrence throws the pick. Once again, Trevor Lawrence, the unclutchest quarterback in the league. In the league. Him and Tua. And Tua's got a little bit more games under his belt. Not getting it done. Jeez Louise. Here we go. Patriots and Mac Jones getting it done. Mac Jones throws 22 of 30. Very well done. 73% completion percentage. 227 yards. Three touchdowns. No picks. No fumbles. Clean game by the Patriots. Brian Hoyer even gets in the game 3 of 4 for 63 yards. All right, who was, uh, well, let's talk about the rushing effort. We got Ramondre Stevenson back in action, folks. And that's kind of why we said the Patriots lost last week was because they didn't have Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson back. They win the game. Correlation or causation, folks? I'm talking causation, baby. Ramondre Stevenson, 19 rushes for 107 yards and two tugs. Yes. Oh, oh. And we get to watch Ramondre Stevenson in the playoffs, baby. Patriots wrap Wrapped up a playoff spot. Love it. Love it. Love it. Damian Harris, 19 rushes for 35 yards, two touchdowns as well. Kendrick Bourne, two rushes, 17 yards. And Mac and Cheese taking off twice himself for 12 yards. And then who was Mac Jones slinging the ball to? We had Kendrick Bourne, leading receiver, five catches, 76 yards. Jacoby Myers, eight catches, 73 yards, a touchdown. Kristen Wilkerson, four catches, 42 yards, two touchdowns. Hunter Henry, three catches, 37 yards, no touchdowns. Hunter Henry, no touchdowns, and they still put up 50 points. True losers of Jacksonville. That screams loser. Hunter Henry is their only red zone option they love going to. No touchdown. No contribution of 50 points. Damn. True losers over there by the Jaguars. And I think we're a little bit siding with Urban Meyer now. How crazy of us to say that. No. I think that's what we're saying. Uh, Brandon Bolden, two catches, 21 yards. And Jonu Smith, one catch for 20 yards. All right, what was Trevor Lawrence trying to do yesterday in this game? Here we go. The man slung the ball 17 of 27. Is that good? Is this good? 62%. Not great. Not great. 193 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Sheesh. 
Sheesh, not good. Here we go. First interception comes in the second quarter. Touchdown by the Patriots. Second interception came on the very next drive. So back-to-back -back interceptions by Trevor Lawrence. Once again, trash. Touchdown by the Patriots. In the third interception, touchdown by the Patriots. Billy B in the offense, scoring three touchdowns on three turnovers. Aaron Rodgers, take some notes because you, you've got the AFC, uh, NFC almost wrapped up there. I, I think you did wrap it up yesterday. So the uh, NFC goes through Green Bay like it did last year. Tom Brady, three interceptions, and you still can't win. Mm -mm, Patriots can. So this Patriots team, can we put this? Do we have this team somewhere? Um, all right, Patriots, we don't have them in any category yet. Super Bowl contender, playoff contender. I'm going to leave this Patriots team and just playoff contender at the current moment. You know, actually, no, I'm going to go Super Bowl contender. Yes, they lost against the Bills, but no Ramondre Stevenson in that game. Ramondre Stevenson is the difference from playoff contender to Super Bowl contender. That's what it is, folks. The Patriots are Super Bowl contenders. Yes, I've seen enough. 50-piece getting the revenge. Ramondre Stevenson, Mac Jones. Jones, yes, sir. Bill Belichick crushing this Jags team, getting it done. 50 to 10 win for the Patriots. We classify them as Super Bowl contenders. Alrighty, and then let's finish up here with the Jags. We can move off of them. Jeez, we got to move off of them quick. Rushing game. Dare Ugonboale, nine rushes, 36 yards. Raquel Armstead, six rushes for 28 yards. And then Trevor Lawrence takes off twice for 16 yards. Who was Trevor Lawrence slinging the ball to? We had Laquan Treadwell, leading receiver, six catches, 87 yards. Marvin Jones, two catches, 46 yards. Dare Ugonboale, two catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown. And then LaVisca Chanel Jr., two catches for 13 yards. So the Patriots get the win 50 to 10. Next game up here is the Raiders at the Colts, folks. And a loss here by the Colts. Yikes, yikes. Not where you want to be at all. And once again, folks, look at this. Carson Wentz, 27 throws. Jonathan Taylor, 20 rushes. Do you see what we're talking about? Stop throwing the ball with Carson Wentz. He can't get it done. He doesn't get it done in the clutch. They have to settle for a field goal on this drive to just tie up the game. Here we go. Uh, the final couple of plays first and 10 at the 26 yard line one yard run and then it's second and nine at the 25 passing complete and then it's third and nine and you just dink and dunk three yards sets up fourth and six at the 22 yard line settling for the field goal with all that time for the Raiders to go down and score the game winning field goal and this Colts team at home folks is not good so it's kind of good this is the best case scenario for the Colts of not being able to win the division and being in the wild card because they'll probably get zero zero home games because they are the sixth seed so the only way they can get uh, a home playoff game is if they face the seven seed chargers uh in the afc championship game so this Colts team at home just does not win. Um, they These games are close. It's all season long. First two games at home, they lose to the Seahawks, lose to the Rams. Next home game is against the Texans. All right, they win that game, but it was against the Texans. Can we even count that? I don't know. Uh, next home game is a win, is a loss against the Titans in overtime. And then they beat the Jets at home, but they give up 30 points. And that was the third most points given up by this Colts team, and it came at home. All right, you got the win 
but you gave up 30. And then you beat the Jags at home, but it was one possession. You won 23-17. And then you lose to the Bucks at home. You beat the Patriots at home. I'll give them that. That was their best home game. They won by two scores. They beat the Patriots. That was great. And then their last home game was against the Raiders, losing. So this Colts team, they don't take advantage of home field advantage. Uh, Carson Wentz is not the guy to get it done himself in the biggest spots. This Colts team is truly strictly a running and defensive team, but the defense let them down. They let the Raiders drive in 11 plays, 60 yards in two minutes to have the go-ahead walk-off game-winning field goal. So when the Colts needed their defense to step it up and win it for them, they couldn't get it done. When Carson Wentz needed to step it up to truly put it at a seven-point game so the Raiders couldn't just get into field goal position and win the game, he couldn't get it done. So, uh, uh, Colts, I'm going to move them out of Super Bowl contender category. A real bad loss. You needed that to kind of wrap up your playoff spot there in the AFC. And now, potentially, I think they could potentially, um, well, not uh, maybe not then. Uh, do they? If they lose against the Jags, they kind of stay in because the Chargers do face the Raiders, and both of those are kind of fighting for that final playoff spot. So, kind of lucky. The Colts are kind of, kind of a little, uh, not really. They still need to win. They still need to win to secure their playoff spot. They can still get knocked out uh, if they lose in the Steelers win or the Ravens win and one of those teams will win because they're facing each other so not even guaranteed that this Colts team makes the playoffs because of this big old bad loss last night so because of this I'll put them in playoff contenders I definitely think this is a playoff contender team but man oh man Carson Wentz can you be clutch for once in your career we are begging for it and we haven't seen it all year long so so Raiders well done with the win. Raiders clutch as heck the last two weeks of the season. We haven't seen that with John Gruden or Derek Carr over the last three years. So is this the turnaround? Potentially, they got a big game next week that they need to win for a chance to get in. They face the Chargers. Winner gets in. Who wins it? It's going to be a good one. So... Um, back to this game. Here we go. Raiders getting the win. Derek Carr clutches. Hack final drive. Let's talk it through. Here we go. Starting at their own 25-yard line. Nine-yard pass. Four-yard pass. 14-yard pass. Passing complete. Passing complete. Setting up a third and 10 at the Colts 48-yard line. Game time here. Colts defense step it up. But Derek Carr throws it to Hunter Renfro for 24 yards. Clutches. Hack third and 10. Then a two-yard run. Five-yard run. Two-yard run. Just to get them in that prime position for the field goal and then they walk off with that game winning field goal so call uh Raiders clutch I absolutely love seeing that Alrighty, Derek Carr goes 24 of 31, 77% completion percentage, woof, in a must-win game, woof, that's, that's how you're supposed to do it, two, uh, damn, damn, 255 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, so once again, the turnovers are still here by the Raiders, bad, bad, we don't want to see that. First interception. Colts don't do anything with it. Not Super Bowl contender teams. Damn. First interception. No no score off of it for the Colts. Second interception by Derek Carr. No points given up. So, man, oh, man, trash there by the Colts. Jeez. Can you cash in on some turnovers? Once again, 
uh, it's, uh, what's his name? Carson Wentz, so trash. Let's double check this. Here we go. We're going to walk through the two drives after the touchdowns. Was it on the running game or the passing game? Here we go. Who deserves the blame for not getting it done after the interception? Here we go. Four-yard run, six-yard run, then passing complete, passing complete, passing complete. Three passing completions having to punt. That's on Carson Wentz. No, not the running game, which we want to go a thousand times every single game. Second interception drive. Here we go. This is what the Colts did with it. Four-yard run, nine-yard run. Picking up the first down and two running plays. Then we get a five-yard pass, negative one-yard run, setting up third and eight, and Carson Wentz takes an eight-yard sack, and they have to punt. Ugh, ugh. So not good at all. Truly play uh, playoff contender, uh, this Colts team. All righty, rushing game. Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. 16 rushes for 63 yards and a touchdown. They used Marcus Mariota, and I loved it. Loved it. Um, short yardage situation, trying to pick up the first down. QB sneaks. Marcus Mariota is your guy, and he got it done. Three rushes for 16 yards as well. Fantastic. And then who was Derek Carr slinging the ball to? We had Jay, Zay Jones, leading receiver, eight catches for 120 yards. Hunter Renfro, seven catches for 76 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Richard, one catch, 19 yards. And Josh Jacobs, four catches for 17 yards. And then for the Colts, here we go. Carson Wentz goes 16 of 27. Four, 59% completion percentage, trash. 148 yards, that's dink and dunk on 16 completions, trash. One touchdown, no pick, that's not great. Um, I won't call it trash, but it's not good, it's not great. So once again, Carson Wentz having a chance to really wrap up a playoff spot. Can't get it done. Now has to play next week. And we know Carson Wentz is injury prone. And we saw him get injured in his first playoff appearance. So, you know, having to play the extra game just to get into the playoffs. Carson Wentz still haven't had that major injury. Little tweak in the preseason. But no major injury this season so far. We're still waiting for it. Let me knock on wood because... I really don't want to put that out there for Carson Wentz. That's a little disrespectful on my part. I apologize, uh, but we knocked on wood to make up for it. But still, it's something that is in the back of our minds, folks. Nothing great here by the Colts. Rushing attack. Jonathan Taylor was getting it done, and then they just stopped. 20 rushes, 108 yards, a touchdown, 5.5 yards a carry. What more do you want? Barely running Naheem Hines. Two rushes for four yards. Where is his production? Once again, this running back by committee was so good and deep. Marlon Mack, Neam Hines, Jonathan Taylor. But now they just want to rock with Jonathan Taylor. And I get it. He's fantastic. But you still have other great runners. And we the goal is to get the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands. You've got fresh legs with Neham Hines. He can get it done. Please get it done. They're not getting it done. Frank Reich, we're disappointed. You know, we told you the you know this Colts team would only go as far as Frank Reich is disciplined of not letting Carson Wentz sling the ball like he did last night and they lose. Unfortunate. Alrighty, last year, before we move off to the next game, who was Carson Wentz slinging the ball to? We had Michael Pittman Jr., leading receiver, six catches, 47 yards. T.Y. Hilton, one catch for 45 yards. He went for a touchdown, great, but why is T.Y. Hilton only getting one catch? Let's get that man more involved in the offense. What are we doing schematically? Mo Alley-Cox, three catches, 28 yards, and Nehem Hines, four catches for 14 yards. So Colts lose. Their defense can't be clutch. Raiders are clutch. Last game of the year. Last game of the season, week 18, playoffs on the line. We'll see how clutch this Raiders team is. Rob, um, 
um, uh, Mike Basaccia. Can you get it done again? Are we back on the Basaccia train, folks? I hope so. I'd love to see Basaccia and Derek Carr in the playoffs together. We'll see. Raiders get the win 23-20. to All righty. Now this game, folks, this big old game, Chiefs at the Bengals. Holy moly. Joey B gets it done again. Clutch as hack. And I have to apologize here to the Bengals. We were being a little disrespectful, folks, and we don't like to be disrespectful. We saw the value on Thursday's show. Bengals plus five, and we got a bad feeling. We thought it was a trap bat set up by Vegas, but fools on us, it was actually great value, and it was just Vegas being classically disrespectful, Bengals plus five, the best bet of the week, and we missed it, dang it, I apologize to y'all, we tried to give y'all the best value, and it was right in our face, and we took it as trap value instead of great value, man oh man, but this Bengals team, Super Bowl contender, yes, yes, they're upgrading from playoff contender to Super Bowl contender. Did y'all just see what they did offensively? Joe Burrow slings the ball around. Something magnificent. Something absolutely magnificent, folks. Bengals get down 14 to nothing. And I'm not going to lie, folks. I'm not going to lie. I don't like to live tweet games and all, and all that. I like to see the entire body of work and then give my opinion and all that. But I'm not going to lie. Watching this game live and seeing the Chiefs go up 14-0, I was a little smirking, like yeah, I knew this was a trap bet, and then the Bengals kept scoring and answering and answering and answering, I was like, damn, we just missed value, we missed value, so damn, damn, damn. But Chiefs go down, touchdown, touchdown, 14 nothing. But Joe Burrow, 72 yards to Jamar Chase, gets a touchdown. Chiefs score another touchdown, 21-7. And I was a little secretly smirking as well, being like, oh, well, the Bengals only scored a touchdown off a big play, so this could still be, you know, um, you know a trap bet. They're up 21-7. You know, this is going to be their only score of the game. A big shot play. Is that an impressive? Not, uh, you know, solely by itself. But then what did Joe Burrow do? Another drive, 75 yards, 13 plays, 5 minutes. Chiefs score another touchdown, making it 28-14. Bengals get a field goal, and then out of halftime, touchdown. And then they had to punt, but then the Chiefs punt, and then the Bengals get a touchdown. And then the Chiefs get a field goal, Bengals get a field goal, and that's the game. Winning game, 20 plays, 79 yards, 6 minutes, game winning, walk off field goal for the Bengals. Now, the end of the game got a little wonky. Chiefs defense was holding. They were going for it on fourth down. They had to call it back because of a penalty. They go for it on fourth and one again. Don't get it. They call it back because of a penalty. Give them three more chances, and then they end up running out the clock and kicking the game-winning field. So I didn't love the ending of this game, but I gosh damn love Joe Burrow slinging this ball around. He's coming off of a 525-yard performance with a 446-yard performance. That is 950-plus yards in two games. Sheesh. Sheesh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Joe Burrow. Gosh dang great. Gosh damn great. Gosh damn great. Oh, my God. 
He slung the ball 30 of 39. 76% completion percentage for 446 yards. Four touchdowns. No picks. No fumbles. Clean as heck. Joe Burrow for MVP. MVP. Folks, you see these season numbers by the kid. Comeback player of the year. MVP all in the same year. 70% completion percentage. 4,600 yards. 35 tugs. 14 interceptions. Not the best, but still 2-1 to one touchdown interception ratio. I'll take that. I'll take that with 70% completion percentage with a 10-6 uh, record at the current moment. Give me that for MVP. I don't know where the Aaron Rodgers MVP is coming from. That entire Green Bay team is why they're winning. They're not blowing out teams. It's not Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball around, you know, putting up five touchdowns a game. It's the great running attack with, you know, um... Uh, the great head coach scheming for Aaron Rodgers. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is getting it done, and he only has four interceptions. That's you know, that's what Aaron Rodgers does. But the yard total lacks. He's only got 3,900 yards this season, folks. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is great. But overall, what makes this Green Bay Packers team great is everything about it. There's really no MVP on this Packers team. Where the Bengals, it's Joe Burrow putting the ball on the money. Oh. Over and over and over and over and over again, folks, in the highest clutching games these last two weeks to get, you know, to secure their playoff positioning last week, this week, 950 yards in the clutch. Damn, MVP, MVP, MVP. So Joe Burrow, fantastic last night. Absolutely fantastic. Joe Mixon, 12 rushes for 46 yards, but this was not a Joe Mixon day. It was all about Joey B. And who else? Uh, obviously, the quarterback has to be throwing to somebody. Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 266 yards, three touchdowns, unstoppable. Man, jeez, jeez. These last two weeks, folks, um, I don't even know. This Bengals team. These are the greatest performances I've seen so far this season, these last two weeks. Absolutely fantastic. Um, T. Higgins, three catches, 62 yards. Joe Mixon, seven catches, 40 yards. Tyler Boyd, four catches, 36 yards and a touchdown. C.J. Uzama, four catches for 32 yards. And once again, T. Higgins, man, a great second option out here. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the greatest one-two punch that there is at the wide wide receiver position in the NFL, hands down, hands down. So, holy moly, Bengals getting it done. And then the Chiefs, they beat them, folks. Chiefs got out to a hot start, 14-0, like we've said, and they just couldn't get it done in the clutch. The defense couldn't get it done in the clutch, unfortunately, and the Bengals get the win, and now the Chiefs are no longer the one seed, and that's truly unfortunate for this Chiefs team, yeah? So, uh, here we go. Patty Mahomes goes 26 of 35. 74%. Still real good. 259 yards. Two touchdowns. No picks. No fumbles. 
Uh, Daryl Williams, 14 rushes, 88 yards, two touchdowns. Derek Gore, three rushes, 37 yards. Patrick Mahomes, two rushes, 25 yards. Not enough to get it done. And then Patrick Mahomes, who was he throwing the ball to? He had Miko Harmon, leading receiver, one catch, 53 yards. Tyreek Hill, six catches, 40 yards. That's a little bit of a lockup. Well done by the Bengals defense. Blake Bell, three catches, 35 yards. Brian Pringle, three catches, 35 yards. Demarcus Robinson, two catches, 33 yards, and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, five catches for 25 yards. Another lockdown. He did score a touchdown, but overall a lockup. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, always number one and two top leading receivers. Bengals shut that down. Joey B, fantastic offense. Great Bengals defense. Holy moly, Super Bowl contenders, folks. Here we go. Let's move them off of playoff contenders. Bango, bango, bangles. Super Bowl contenders. You got to love this team. Holy moly. Zach Taylor in the clutch. Joe Burrow in the clutch. Man, oh man. So, Bengals get the big time win, 34-31, winning at home. All right, uh, we still have a ton of games to go over. Man, oh man, lots of games. But we can go over this one quickly. We don't have to spend that much time on it. Giants at the Bears. Bears get the win. Where was this Bears offense the entire season? 29 points, that's fantastic. Andy Dalton getting the start, 18 of 35. That's trash. It's basically 50%. That's still trash. 173 yards, one touchdown, one pick, trash. Uh, pick, where did this uh, pick come from by Andy Dalton? Interception came in the third quarter, and the trash Giants do nothing with it. Anybody fumble on this Bears team? No. So it's just Andy Dalton alone by himself being trashed. 50% completion percentage and an interception with only one touchdown. Trash. David Montgomery, 22 rushes for only 64 yards. That is absolutely not good. I'm all here for running backs getting, you know, their carries and all that, but 2.9 yards of carry. Bears offensive line is trash. Um, they finally threw to Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson. Why, what, why did it take 17 weeks for this to be your top two leading receivers. This is what this should have been every single week. This is what you know the Chiefs do. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, top leading receivers every single week. It should be Darnell Mooney, Allen Robinson at the top of the receiving charts every single week. Why is it taking this long into the season when the season's over, when you're going to get fired? Now it takes this? What are we doing, Matt? What are we doing, Matt? What are we doing, Matt Nagy? Come on. Darna Mooney, leading receiver, seven catches, 69 yards and a touchdown. Allen Robinson, four catches for 35 yards. So uh, Bears get the win, but it means nothing. Matt Nagy will still be fired. He should still be fired. And then for the Giants, Mike Lennon, four of 11. That's all you need to know, four of 11. Saquon Barkley, 20, 21 rushes for 102 yards. That's good, but only three points. Um, and then after the game, Joe Judge defends his tenure after the Giants dropped to 4-12, and saying, quote, this ain't some clown show organization. Okay, you, you say that. You got Mike Lennon as your quarterback. I think that's all we need to know. Uh, Bears get the win 29-3. All right, then we get to Falcons at the Bills, and I don't want to spend too much time on this because we are running out of time in the show, and there's still one more game we got to talk about that y'all know I got to talk about. Come on. Uh, but uh Falcons at the Bills. Bills, um, I'm taking. Do we have them as Super Bowl contenders? Yeah, I'm taking them off. They are no longer Super Bowl contenders. Nope, nope, nope. They are playoff contenders. I'll give them that, but no longer Super Bowl contenders based on that performance last week that we just saw yesterday. What the hell? Josh Allen, three straight interceptions, two interceptions right before halftime that the Falcons cash in 10 points out of, and then an interception to start the second half, and then the uh, Falcons, I'm going to get on your ass now. You're, you don't take advantage of that. I mean, Matt Ryan was gifted this game. 
game. Absolutely gifted this game. They got the first points of the game. A safety. Josh Allen, three straight turnovers, three straight interceptions. And the Falcons can't overcome and win that and take advantage of that? What the hell? Once again, Matt Ryan is not clutch. He can't get it done when he needs to. And he needs to be gone next year. The Falcons need to move on. I'm not saying Matt Ryan shouldn't be in the league anymore. But he should never be a Falcon ever again. Get it over with. He is done. It is past. We've seen it year after year after year after that Super Bowl loss. Matt Ryan's not your guy. Arthur Smith hopefully finds his own guy because it's not Matt Ryan. Big disappointment there. And then for the Bills, Josh Allen, 11 of 26. I get it was cold and it was snowing. I get it. But y'all are still letting this man sling the ball 26 times. 11 of 26. We get 42% completion percentage, 100, uh, 120 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, the one good thing that the Bills did was establish the running game. Devin Singletary, 23 rushes for 110 yards and two touchdowns, finally. And then Josh Allen, they ran with him in the red zone. He got two touchdowns. Yes, that's what that's what we wanted. So, I guess not uh, not bad overall uh, with 26 throws by Josh Allen. I think I overreacted to that. That's a good number. 23 by Devin Singletary. That's good. Getting better. And then Josh Allen, 15 rushes for 81 yards and two touchdowns. That I love. That I want to see more of. I loved it. I think we'll watch it in our Wednesday film study because that's the best thing that the Bills did all game long. Running with Josh Allen, especially in the red zone, but also you know when they kind of cross midfield and all that. So Josh Allen running the ball finally, but overall, I mean, still throwing three interceptions at home. I mean, this Bills team, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? At home, floundering, can't be doing that. So the Bills get the win here, 29-15. to 15. Big disappointment in the Falcons, who still had playoff implications if they won this game. Um, in the Bills, uh, three interceptions by Josh Allen, once again. I don't think they're going to run the ball again. They just ran the ball because it was snowing. And Josh Allen threw three straight interceptions. So, Bills win 29-15. All right, then we get the Texans at the 49ers, and we get Trey Lance's first game with the win. He went 16 of 23 for 249 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. We will definitely watch this man on our Wednesday film study show, truly break down Trey Lance and see how great he was looking, but he got it done. He threw 69% completion percentage. We'll give him credit. 249 yards. He was not dinking and dunking. Two touchdowns. He did have a pick. Let's see where this interception came. Came in the second quarter, and that's how the Texans got their first points and only points of the game. Uh, Davis Mills leads them on a nice 85-yard drive after the turnover. So that was their only points. Unfortunate. We took the Texans plus 12. Davis Mills couldn't get it done. And uh, Trey Lance did a little bit of a better performance than I was expecting. But once again, first performance is a great performance by the backup. Second game is usually when they flounder. We'll see what they do next week who they start next week, probably Trey Lance, but we'll see what they do in the playoffs and all that. But 49ers get the win, 23-2-7. Then we get the Broncos and the Chargers. Broncos with Drew Locke. Drew Locke is not the guy you need to move off of him. He does not result into the pickup of third downs, the points, anything like that. The Chargers get back on track. Justin Herbert throws 22 of 31, 237 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. First drive touchdown, setting off the tempo and all that. And this Broncos team cannot play from behind, and they cannot play on the road, and Drew Locke cannot 
get it done. Drew Locke cannot be there next year. Chargers get the win 34-13. to And then here we go, folks. The last time, the last game we're going to spend a lot of time on here is the Panthers at the Saints. Once again, our sponsor pays out, folks. The Carolina Panthers are official sponsors of Takes by Fans, folks. They send the check every Monday. We cash out every single Monday betting against the Carolina Panthers. And once again, last night, yesterday was no different. Saints minus six and a half. Now, they made it close here. They win by eight, but a win's a win, and the Panthers are still trash. Ten points. They put up no points in the second half. There's no consistency here in the offense, and it was just really all Sam Darnold. Cam Newton didn't throw any. He got in the game and only ran once. That was all he did. But Cam Newton's trash. Sam Darnold is still trash. This Panthers team is still trash. First drive field goal. Second drive touchdown. All that is good. Scripted plays. Blah, blah, blah. For the rest of the game, they did nothing. Following drive. Fumble drive. Who fumbled here? Who's trash? Oh, Sam Darnold. Sack fumble. Sam Darnold not being clutch and turning over the ball? When has that ever happened? His entire career. So first two drives, good. You put up points. But what do we know about this Panthers team? There's no sustainability. They, they're not good out of halftime they don't know how to um you know scheme and how to beat and how to kind of counter play going into halftime they can't do that Matt Rule needs to be fired Sam Darnold needs to be exiled from the league Cam Newton should just walk away from the game and hope he can somehow uh get enough votes for the Hall of Fame that's all Cam Newton should be doing at the current moment but third drive fumble by Sam Darnold. Next drive, five plays. Next drive, five plays. Punt. Next drive, four plays. Punt. Next drive, four plays. Punt. Next drive, they finally able to move the ball. They get the ball to the Saints 29-yard line, and they miss a field goal? 47-yard field goal? So now we have to start talking about the kickers of the Panthers being trash? Oh, my goodness. And then the following drive, five plays, punt. And then the following following drive, uh, Sam Darnold has to throw an interception, right? Sam Darnold cannot leave a game without throwing an interception, and that's exactly what he does, trying to do something right at the end of the game. There's four minutes left. They're down only eight points. You can still tie the game, but Sam Darnold is not clutch. This Panthers team is absolutely, uh, we have it right here, folks. This is official. This is an official Google document, an official Google slide, and it says right here. Let me uh, zoom in for y'all. Here we go. In case y'all can't see it. Um, well, it would work if it stayed. Here we go. Absolute dumpster. Panthers. They're right under there. They're the only team under absolute dumpster. I didn't make this list. Takes by fans made the list. Uh, but absolute dumpster. Panthers. Trash. Stop betting the Panthers. Stop betting the Panthers. And I swear to goodness, if y'all still bet the Panthers week 18... Don't don't come <laughs> don't come back to the show, okay? I don't want y'all tuning back into the show if y'all bet the Panthers next week, okay? Uh, so Panthers get the loss, of course they do. They're trash. Um, they don't cover the spread. The easiest bet of the last seven weeks, the last two months, folks, it's just been free money. And once again, shout out to the Panthers. So. Attend a Panthers game, buy Panthers tickets, buy Panthers merchandise, uh, buy the Cam Newton jerseys, buy the Sam Darnold jerseys, um, protest for Matt Rule for next year, folks, let's all get it going, hashtag keep pounding, hashtag keep pounding, folks. 
get those Panthers to not realize that they are a trash organization and keep telling them you're doing a good job, doing that good job so we can keep making money off of our official sponsors, the Carolina Panthers. Alrighty, and then down to the Saints side, the Saints are trash, folks. Um, you know, we know the Saints offense isn't that great. The only reason why we felt so confident betting them this week was because they were going against the Panthers. Uh, but, you know, the Saints offense is not good. If they do make the playoffs, which they still can, this is not a good team, folks. So we could put this uh, Saints team in definite. Uh, oh, we have them at playoff contenders? What was I thinking when I did that? They're moving. Of course they're moving. No longer playoff contenders. I don't know what they did to do that. I don't know what I even saw on that. Um, uh, that must have been a, a bad show I did. Uh, but um, the Saints are playoff pretenders, folks, a thousand percent. This offense is still absolutely atrocious. Ferocious. Uh, Taysom Hill, 17 of 28. We get 60% completion percentage. Nothing great there. 221 yards, one touchdown, no picks, didn't fumble. That's what we like. The dual threat ability, also what we love about Taysom Hill. 12 rushes for 45 yards. He led the team in rushing. Alvin Kamara, light game, 13 rushes for only 32 yards. And then Taysom Hill, who was he slinging the ball to? Marquez Callaway. That's what we love. All right, now we see why we put the Saints in playoff contenders for a second. They were getting Marquez Callaway involved. That was last week. Again, this week, six catches for 97 yards. Alvin Kamara, five catches, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Little Jordan Humphrey, two catches, 26 yards. And Deontay Harris, two catches for 23 yards. Enough for the Saints to get the win, 18-10. to 10. Just unfortunately, Sam Darnold cannot be clubbed. Like we all know, Sam Darnold's not clutch. He doesn't win games. The stats are lackluster. The completion percentage is lackluster. But y'all still want him, so y'all please, Panthers, keep Sam Darnold next year so we can keep our easy money rolling into 2022, folks. Woof. Man, oh, man. One more week to make money on the Panthers, folks. Line right up. Line right up. Last week, final call. Closing time. One more week on the Panthers, folks. Make some money. Alrighty, last three games quickly. Lions at the Seahawks. Seahawks finally get it going offensively. It only took 17 weeks in against the Lions. Is this enough to keep um, Russell Wilson happy through the offseason? We'll, we'll see. Seahawks win 51-29. Then we get the Cardinals at the Cowboys in a great game by this Cardinals team, folks. A must-be competitive game, and they went out and won it. Kyler Murray, 26 of 38, 263 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Fantastic. Um, ended up getting a field goal and they're uh, off of a Dak Prescott fumble in the fourth quarter to make it two possessions and they close out the game because of that. Um, Cowboys go down, score a touchdown, making a three-point game, but then Kyler Murray and the Cardinals run out the last four and a half minutes on the clock, never face a third down. Man, oh man, Cowboys defense let them down yesterday. Cowboys walk a defense, unfortunate. But overall, I mean, this was a competitive-ish game. Cowboys offense took a little bit, you know, getting it figured out. Um, going into the fourth quarter down 22-7, to Cowboys put up 15 points in the fourth quarter to make it look a little bit more competitive 
competitive than it was, but we're a little hesitant on buying this Cowboys team 100%. Um, I'm going to move this Cowboys team down to playoff contenders. No longer officially Super Bowl contenders here for the Cowboys. And it's really because of that offense taking the entirety of the game to get going. After, didn't Dak Prescott say after the end of last game when they put up 50 points against Washington's defense that they said they're no longer in a slump? I saw three quarters of slumping offense right there. So Dak Prescott got a little bit too big last week when they beat Washington. Cardinals come into town. Dak Prescott, the post uh, pregame breakdown and all that. It was great. They showed it. Dak Prescott, great leader, great energy. But then you come out flat, only put up th seven points through th three quarters. It was just not that great by Dak Prescott. And then you fumble right here in the fourth quarter when you're only down one possession. And that gives up the three points to make it two possessions. So, you know, there's no time to come back in the fourth quarter. So Dak Prescott, a little unclutch last night. The defense, a little unclutch of never letting the offense get the ball back and a little concerning here for the Cowboys. Now it's not overly concerning because it is against the Cardinals and we still believe this Cardinals team is a really great team but it's still a little alarming here overall. Now a great win here for the Cardinals on the road and I'm going to put them in the Super Bowl contender category. So the Cowboys and Cardinals flip. Cowboys coming into this game Super Bowl contenders after the game playoff contenders. Cardinals coming into this game playoff contenders after this game Super Bowl contenders beating the Cowboys on the road when the Cowboys really were looking for that win to wrap it up and all that Cardinals needing a win desperate for a win and they get the win so big 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 disappointing here in this Cowboys offense they've got the pieces they just don't get it done unfortunate so, uh, Cowboys lose 25-22, to and then the Kyler Murray and the Cardinals get it done, scoring on their first drive, and then a touchdown on their third drive, and then a field goal, and then a touchdown, and then a field goal, only punting about three times, and uh, getting out to a real solid start in the first half, setting the tempo in the Cowboys, as we saw, we're not able to match that offensive tempo in the first three quarters. So, Cardinals get the win 25-22, offense sustains that final drive choose out the rest of the clock and they win 25 to 22. Alright, and then the last game of the night, um, Sean Mannion, <laughs> we spent 45 minutes watching and breaking down, and our ultimate conclusion was he was unathletic and not able to get it done, so we stayed away from betting the Falk, uh, Vikings plus 13.5, and, and that was obviously the right decision because they got blown out by 27, not, nothing good offensively the entire game, folks, um, Sean Mannion, absolute trash, and they put in Kellen Mund for three plays, and then they bring him out. To take him out again, so I don't know what Mike Zimmer was doing. Uh, well, I do know. We're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but then the Packers, Aaron Rodgers gets it done, 29 of 38, 288 yards, two touchdowns, no no interceptions, no turnovers here by this Packers team, uh, winning at home, wrapping up the number one seed in the NFC, fantastic, Vikings trash without Kirk Cousins, we know, and then they also didn't run Delvin Cook, Delvin Cook, nine rushes for 13 yards, I know you couldn't rush because that's what you're going to play, but damn, 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 you have Alexander Madison and you didn't even run with him either, so what are you doing, I don't understand these coaches and these game plans, I know you don't have the best quarterbacks, but man, oh man, you've got to establish some sort of 
running game and you have Alexander Madison and you didn't even run him at all. It makes no sense. And somehow Sean Mannion, the most unathletic quarterback, we watched this man and he was looking old as heck, old and immobile. And then he ends up leading the team in rushing, two rushes for 14 yards. Jeez Louise. Um, so Packers get the win. 37 to 10. And then after the game, once again, you've got to get rid of Mike Zimmer, but Kellen Mund is not the guy because after the game here in the press conference, a reporter asked, you know, do you want to see Kellen Mund next week? And Mike Zimmer was like, no, not particularly. And they asked, you know, why? He's like, well, I see him every day. So Kellen Mund must be absolute garbage, folks, like real big time bad. So Mike Zimmer didn't go with Kellen Mund you know, last night, which was a little alarming for us, but now we know why. He is absolute garbage. Mike Zimmer is watching this man every day and just thinking to himself, I can't even put this man out there. Sean Mannion would be better than Kellen Mund. Uh, a 12-year veteran in this league that's never played basically ever any meaningful game. He's better than a rookie. Ugh, yikes, yikes. So, uh, that's all we know about Kellen Mund. He's so bad, Mike Zimmer doesn't even want to see him in a garbage Week 18 game. Yikes. Alrighty. Um, oh, my gosh. The best news of all time, folks, as we close out the show. Fantastic. Derrick Henry has been working out solo at the Titans facility full speed this week with no signs of any issues. He's trending to be on pace for the playoffs. Oh, oh, Titans playoff contend or Super Bowl contenders, folks. Super Bowl contenders. I'm changing it. Derrick Henry, good to go. That's a play. That's a Super Bowl team right there. Yes, yes, yes. Great news to end the show. Yes, yes. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Great way to end the show. Derrick Henry's good to go for the playoffs, or at least trending good to go for the playoffs. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. We still got the Browns minus three and a half. And because of what we saw this week of quarterback play, we love the bet even more now. Even more. Because Big Ben is definitely not going to be able to get the ball going deep or anything at all. Browns plus three. Hey, whoa, whoa, Browns plus three and a half. What the hell happened here? Who is out? Is Baker Mayfield out for the Browns? Why did this line just do a complete 180 we had it browns minus three and a half now it's browns plus three what the hell happened in the last couple of days i do not get because the browns are no longer in the playoffs is that what they're saying steelers still have a chance to make the playoffs browns don't so they're saying the spread should flip that much Oh, interesting. Well, I'm still going to swallow the three and a half here for the Browns here. That's what we've got it locked in at. I take the Browns plus three. You don't think the Browns want to play spoilers to the Steelers? What are you, crazy? That's a division matchup right there. And Big Ben still cannot air out the ball. And we just saw the lackluster quarterback play from last from yesterday, folks. Tua couldn't get it done. Must win game. Uh, who uh, Falcons couldn't get it done. Matt Ryan couldn't get it done. Must win game. So you think the Steelers are going to be able to with Big Ben, who's been able to do nothing all year long? No way, folks. No way. Three points here for the Browns. Great value. Unfortunately, we swallowed three and a half. Should have waited till Monday to get it. Bra uh, Browns plus three. Love that value tonight, folks. 
Alrighty, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, breaking down the Monday game. Um, one final, we'll, we'll do kind of one final reorder of all of our um, kind of, um, I, I keep forgetting what I want to call these. Um, these uh, categories, Super Bowl contender, playoff contender, playoff, cont uh, pre playoff pretender, and trash. Uh, we'll uh, do one more final sweep of uh, where these teams belong in these heading into the final week 18, breaking down the NBA from last night, cashing in on the NBA from last night as well, because I'm loving these picks tonight, folks. So, alrighty, folks, we're out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We're back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, doing it all again. Uh, make some money tonight in the NBA, in the NFL, our first NBA bets of the 2022 season, folks, looking to start off with a bang. Alrighty, folks, we're out of here. See you tomorrow. Have a great one, and hopefully your team made the playoffs because ours did not. Womp, womp.